Alright everybody, uh, welcome into another episode of Load the Box, the best Viking show on YouTube, starting off on a sombo note tonight. Um, I'm sure that if you're listening to this show, then you're probably obsessed with the Vikings, so we will try to make this quick as every sports media, every piece of media really that you've consumed in the last two days has probably had mention of the injury to DeMau Hamlin on on Monday Night Football. Um, we went off the air, I'll stop being live, and I sent the podcast audio out and made sure that was good to go and, and went upstairs and um, poured myself a drink. And as I sat down on the couch, I looked up and there was an ambulance on the field. So I called one of my buddies and to see what happened. And they showed the hit a couple times. And um, super, super sad. Um, a lot of prayers from, from me and my family for sure. Um, I will say, living in the Cincinnati area, um, he is in the best hands possible, in my opinion, anyway. I know Peter King took some some pushback for stating that, you know, if you're going to have, uh, if you're going to go into cardiac arrest, best place to do it is on an NFL field um, because of all of the trained staff that's there and um, how close you are to emergency medical facilities and things like that. Um, UC Health, uh, they, I mean, they employ the best people. Um, and to the medical staff that was on the field, I haven't seen enough um, praise going their way. And I just feel that we should take a moment to really throw some praise their way. Um, sorry to, to monologue like that to start off the show, Will, but I do want to get your take. Not even your take, but I want to hear your thoughts on, on the on the injury. And, and I mean the flaws, y'all, you know, whatever you have to say. Yeah, it's uh... – <clears throat> I think I've found myself to be a lot more somber than maybe I thought, um, because I think, you know, to some degree it's, it's distant from us. Right. You know, it's, it's not our team. Um, we've never met DeMar Hamlin. Um, we don't know his family, but I think I've had, I don't know. I've been very, uh, emotional, I think in front of this whole situation and, um, not I, I haven't been able to fully articulate it yet, but I think part of it is just the the fact that this 24-year-old young man's life was almost taken from him in a very brief moment playing the sport that he loves. And, you know, if you were watching the game or you saw a replay of the tackle, he made a tackle on a on T. Higgins, a Bill or Bengals receiver, a relatively normal hit. Um, you know, for NFL standards, nothing too different about it. Um, but just to see, you know, see him have CPR administered to him on the field and, um, his mom was in the stands. So just this sort of crazy reality that happened to a very young man who is in the best shape of his life and, um, yeah, it, it shows the shortness of life. And um, I mean, you talked about it, Jordan. I think the way in which people have responded, not even just NFL people or sports media people, but the world, the United States have responded to this has been really beautiful um, to see the outpouring of prayer 
and the outpouring of donations to his toy drive GoFundMe. Um, it's at six million dollars. <laughs> it's uh, for something was, that had a twenty five hundred dollars. Um, it's really cool to see. I think my bro, I haven't verified this, but my brother mentioned to me that his Jersey is the number one sold Jersey in the NFL right now. Um, just crazy. And to see the outpouring of support and love and from, and I mean, I don't know if you saw this Dan Orlovsky on NFL live, just stopped the show basically and prayed on live television for, Demar Hamlin and his family and um, just like really it's shown like a really beautiful vulnerability of all these people that you know cover the sport for a living or play the sport for a living or coach it for a living and you know it's it's something you know we we get on here and um, shows bigger than us get on their platforms and they talk and get to spew about football you know and like it's this fun thing that we get to do they get to play this sport that they love and but then I think something like this happens and we're all just floored and there's really no there isn't like a proper way to respond like it's it's this we all feel helpless in front of it and um it's honestly to the point too Jordan we're like I told my wife tonight, I wouldn't even care if they canceled the rest of the NFL season. And I don't think they're going to. They're going to play week 18. They're going to go on. But I've just had like this, and I don't even really know. I haven't been able to fully articulate it yet. But I just, I don't, I think like my my level of, you know, like investment in the rest of the season is kind of just like meh. <laughs> like, I think I've just realized how, how little it matters in the grand scheme of things and how little the outcome of these games matter because really like the sport of football especially but so many sports in general are so much more about companionship and teaching and learning and hard work and um, dedication and sacrifice and all these things are coming to the forefront now that a tragedy is struck and I don't know. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to see how we've responded. And um, yeah, it's, it's by no means would you ever want something like this to happen, but the way in which really, you know, the NFL community, but just the community in, in the United States has sort of like bonded together over this, this young man has been really remarkable. Yeah. What's, what's really beautiful about it is, and it's, it's twisted to say what's beautiful about it um, because there's a young man lying in critical condition about an hour away from me in Cincinnati um, with a tube down his throat. And the last updates that I've seen, are, you know, he's breathing a little bit better, but not good enough to come off of the, like the ventilation machines and, and yada, yada. And um, he, I, I yada yada not because I'm trying to like get to the get to my take. I yada yada because I don't know medical terminology. Yeah, and so I know that he is breathing. He has to be assisted breathing, and like he was at a hundred percent like oxygen. Now he's down to like fifty percent, and they just have to see how his lungs respond. Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, you know, his body basically like we started, and apparently it happened twice. He had to be brought back to life on the field and mm-hmm. in the hospital. Um, I mean, it's a serious situation. Like you said, um, 
it really takes you out of things. Um, me, for me personally, I took that Green Bay loss very like that was the hardest loss of the season for me because you know like Jair Alexander goodied and they were slamming Vikings and they blew us out and I was very mad and angry and then Monday night happens and I'm just like oh it's a game like, like like you know and it really is i mean there are people who are very passionate about broadway shows and then you know they go and they see the broadway shows because that's their entertainment and there are people who are football fans or, or sports fans and it's basically the same thing it's just something to distract you from your day job or, or to distract you from whatever and um you know i i think that what my, what i was getting to originally was the the beautiful thing about the response is you're seeing like uh, Bob Kraft, the Patriots owner, donated I think eighteen thousand three dollars um, because eighteen in the Jewish faith means I believe chai if I'm remembering this correctly, and that is like uh, like it's related to Judaism in a way that means life, and then three is obviously his number, and you're seeing non-religious people who are pulling for him and sending money to his charity you're seeing judaism christianity islam like all like just everybody is just coming together behind one thing and um super well especially nowadays the show i've said it from the beginning i will say it now we we don't talk about politics we don't talk you know like religion isn't necessarily political but like typically my my go-to stance is like we talk about oblong balls this is much bigger than an oblong ball um, we've, we've spent about 10 minutes on it here. Um, but I, I do want my final thoughts on it to just be, um, one, please get better. Um, Damau and also the medical staff that was on the field and that is in UC health. Um, I just, I just, you know, thank you. Just, that's, you know, amazing job. Yeah. You have, and I, they saved a football player's life, so they get a spotlight shown on them. Thank you for all the lives that you you save daily. I mean, it, it, the yeah, you know, they they really are like they became a thing in COVID. Like the medical our nurses yeah. and our doctors and that those people, they're superheroes in real life. And um, I, I hope that we can all take that away from this uh, as well. If yeah. you have anything else on it, I'll let you get to that, and then we can we can talk about the Chicago game. No, I think that's that's all. Um... I don't need to you know, speculate more on the injuries and all that specifically because, like you mentioned, we're not medical people. So, right. you know, if you're if you're looking for more <clears throat> actual medical diagnosis and everything, um, it's it's being very well covered. Um, so you can you can find that stuff pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I've I found that you know the reporting across different sites and stuff has been pretty accurate and the same. Yeah. So, um, That's one good thing. You're not seeing a lot of clickbait. Yeah, you're no. not seeing a lot of clickbait. You're having legitimate doctors on shows that are talking about one thing or another, and um, that's that's definitely a good thing. All right, so yeah. um, 11 minutes into the show, we will we will talk about the Vikings now. Um, we did want to get that out, but excuse me. Um, the Vikings play the Chicago Bears, who are going to be led in Soldier Field by Nathan Peterman, which was announced today. Um I am of the stance that the Vikings should be led by Nick Mullins and we should probably like, I I don't know if Victor the Viking can play five offensive line spots, but we need to bench the O-line. We need to bench everybody that's going to take a snap in the playoffs because 
we've had some we'll having some health concerns. Where do you stand on playing Stauros? And this is the crucial part. Do you think they should play a drive or two after the dysfunction in Green Bay? Uh, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit on Monday, and I don't really think there's a right answer. Um, because, you know, from a health perspective, it's the safer thing, you know, just to not play starters. But then on the other side, this new kind of offensive line that we're going to have, you know, O'Neal is out for four weeks at least. Schlopman is out for at least four weeks. Bradbury was still a DNP in practice today. So the offensive line that we're looking at is from left to right, Derisaw, Cleveland, Reed, Ingram, and most likely Udo. And so you're kind of stuck with that group, three of the original starters, but two new ones and at very important positions. Uh, I'll mention, you know, center and right tackle are two of the most important positions on the field, let alone the offensive line. So I think it's probably important that those guys get some reps with Kirk. Um, it's unfortunate that it's a meaningless game. Most like for the most part, it's a meaningless game against a terrible team in potentially bad conditions. So it's not necessarily the uh, situation that you want to, you know, try and get good reps for these guys, but it's almost their only shot because the week after that is a playoff game. And that is most more likely than not going to be the starting five on the offensive line come playoff week one. So I think if I, you know, had to lean that way, I'd probably say we should probably give at least the offensive line a good amount of reps and, you know, if you want to be conservative with it, give Kirk short dropbacks and make sure he doesn't get hit and don't be super aggressive with, you know, long dropbacks and deep shots down the field and just try and limit the unnecessary hits that you can, you know, have your quarterback take and wide receivers take, you know, don't throw shots over the middle of the field as much, you know, do a lot of underneath stuff. I don't care really. I mean, it's a bad team. They're playing their third string quarterback. Um, they haven't won a game since I think October. It's a terrible football team we're playing on Sunday. And the last thing you want is somebody to get hurt in a meaningless game. So yes, Jefferson could still get some records and all that, but I kind of think you just can't care about it. You have to just, even if he's out there, you know, I would say give him a few series, but I don't know. It, it seems like, you know, in some senses, who cares what I think? It seems like they're going to play starters based on what I've heard from O'Connell and Cousins. Um, I don't know if that means the entire game or not, but I think one half would be plenty, but we'll see. Where where do you sit with it? I know you mentioned you'd rather see uh, Nick Mullins, but um, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? maybe seeing the injury report and – I agree, with, all that. I agree with everything that you have said. I take issue with one piece of it. Uh, so the, the offensive line needs to build some chemistry. And so a decision needs to be made about Garrett Bradbury and where he's at. Um, I'm led to believe that his back is like he's going to play in the playoffs and if he is, I think we should try to roll him out there. This is a hot take. We should try to roll him out there for like a quarter and treat this like a like probably a two or three drives max. Um, that he will play 
we get all five of the stouting linemen that are going to stout against the New York Giants. Let's just assume that, you know, nothing crazy happens in San Francisco and Dallas and everybody just stays where they're at. Like, like, Cause I think that's the most likely scenario. Um, I would stout the offensive lineman and Kirk for one quarter. If Justin Jefferson even brings his pads to Chicago, someone needs to lose their job. And we're talking about a coaching staff that has won 12 games and the fan base loves because he's open and honest with the media and he's charismatic and yada. If Justin Jefferson plays a snap on Sunday, someone needs to lose their job. I don't he's he's not close enough to the record for that to matter. If he was like 50 yards off the record, I would say, I don't love it, but I get it. You know, if you're going to be a players coach, you have to let your players do that kind of stuff. But I don't even think Jefferson necessarily would care about this game because he's went on the record saying that he doesn't want to break any records. He wants to win a Super Bowl. That's all he cares about is championships. So, I wouldn't put Justin Jefferson out there for a snap. I would let the stouting offensive lineman play uh, two or three series, and then I would stout yanking. Like, obviously, you can't yank all of them, but like, I would let Bradbury play a few series, and then he's out for Chris Reed. The second one of the stouting offensive linemen is out, that's when Kirk, you're on the bench now, get Mullins in there. And then, like, Darisaw should not be out there. Uh, and obviously, you run into an issue of like depth. On the like, you can't just sure. put five new offensive linemen in, yep. because then if one of them gets injured, now you have to play a Stouto, and so, yep. like as and this is this is where it starts sounding like terrible, but like of the offensive linemen, Darisaw is one that you cannot lose. We lost him yep. for like two or three weeks, and and the offense paid a price for losing him. He has to you know minimize the amount of time he's on the field. Ezra Cleveland. Maybe he's a guy who ends up playing a full game and you try to just limit the amount of time they spend blocking and tell them, like, we're not worried about Yards per carry. We're not worried about points. We are worrying yeah. about surviving this game healthy because we have a playoff game uh, on Sunday. I do want to – oh, yeah, the following yeah. Sunday or Saturday. I do want to say this, and this is how in my take. Um, Chicago has been – like quote an awful team but that is clearly by design um it kind of feels like every time they build momentum something crazy happens oh like like they it felt like they were kind of a you know frisky not gonna make the playoffs but could definitely Mm -hmm. shake up the bracket type of team and then the deadline hit and they traded their best player away like it it definitely feels like the front office is making a decision to tank um I am kind of envious of Chicago because they're going to have so much cap space to do this rebuild. They seem like they're in a good position for a rebuild. And so I don't know. That that Chicago is a team like I have my eye on them because I'm very suspicious yep. that they're going to be like really good pretty soon. And Justin Fields has had a pretty solid season. Um if he can stay healthy, you know, he's definitely going to be dangerous yep. in the future. But we can talk about Justin Fields yeah. when we play him next season because we're not playing him in the playoffs because they tanked this year. So there's yep. just no need to – we're not shaking things up. The one seed's out of the question. Just make yep. this your bye week is, is kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. And even if you, you know, screw around with your backups, you could still beat the Bears. So yeah. if there is – It's Nathan you know, that Peterman. Outside... He's going to throw five picks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if – even if, you know, the uh, – like, 
if there's that outside chance that the Niners would lose by some miracle, like then okay, you get the two seed. Like it's there's there's still that outside possibility, but it's the chances are low. And 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 I, one thing I wanted to talk about too is just kind of the <clears throat> the schedule for Week 18 seems a little odd to me. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on it, but generally speaking, they like to they like to put teams in the same window that are competing for the same playoff spots. So, for example, they put you know Eagles and Cowboys in the three three twenty five Central window, which makes sense because they're still jockeying for the top spot in the NFC East. So. Um, you want to make sure they play at the same time so that one team doesn't get an advantage and can sit their starters if a certain situation goes one way or the other. Um, the Vikings, on the other hand, the only team they're really competing with is San Francisco. And San Francisco plays in the 325 window, and the Vikings play in the noon window. So the Vikings really have no ability to know whether or not San Francisco may lose or can lose because their game won't start until the Vikings game is over. So not that it really matters because I don't think O'Connell would really treat it too differently. Um, But you could see a scenario where if, you know, the Vikings are playing their starters for a half maybe, and, you know, at halftime they look up and they see, Ooh, San Francisco's down by 10 points. Let's keep our starters in because you see an opportunity to go, go, go steal the two seed. But in this way, you really have no way to scoreboard watch. So um, the other thing that I just want to complain about quick is the NFL clearly wants the Packers in the playoffs by putting them in the not only in a different window than Seattle. Seattle has the 325 window, but the Packers have the uh, the primetime game at home, Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose in primetime against the putrid road lions who can't win a game on the road to save their life and let alone do it in prime time outdoors yeah it's 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 not going to be that close i don't think (laughs) um i think the lions will lose i don't think it'll be terribly competitive um especially if seattle were to lose or excuse me if seattle were to win in the 325 window that eliminates detroit and so the Lions might have nothing to play for. Um, so in a way, it's a backhanded way of the NFL saying, screw you, Detroit. We want the Packers in the in the playoffs. Um, not a fan of it, but it's it, I shouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I. so I have seen this floating around Twitter. I agree. I don't like it. And it's not because of like the league wants the Packers in the playoffs, though I do believe that. Um, it's, it's not because of anything like that, but it is because – the sk- like you don't do that you don't give a team like it, you're dealing with three playoff team or three potential playoff teams they're all fighting for the same spot and you're going to tell one of them like pati- probably by the way cuz the rams have have had like one good game all season and it was on christmas day like you're going to tell like if they be if, the, if seattle beats the rams Detroit, like you said detroit doesn't have anything to play for so you're basically saying like Hey, Detroit, here's this massive gut punch. Go play football afterwards. Um, your season's done. This doesn't. And so I personally, I think that Dan Campbell is the type of coach that doesn't care. And I, 
If I was yeah. in a Dan Campbell locker room, I feel like I wouldn't either. I think that this is because it's not like we're talking about two teams from separate conferences that play each other once every blue moon. We're talking about Green Bay, who Aaron Rodgers has not been quiet throughout his career about his ownership of said uh, you know of the NFC North. So yeah. he's been big brothering. You know, saying I own Chicago and and dunking on the Lions, you know, and and dunking on like Evan Foxy on the Pat McAfee show and um, drinking purple Kool Aid after he beats the Vikings. Like he's he's a, he's pretty cocky about owning this division. At some point, like yeah, I don't think the Lions are happy. So what what is the next best thing other than a playoff both if you're the Detroit Lions? Yeah knock green bay out and it really is like that middle fingers to the sky if we can't make it neither can you the vikings will be the only representative from our division in have fun seattle so i don't think that they will necessarily just roll over and die if seattle wins but it definitely like because they that whole you know f you we're not letting you into the playoffs thing that's toned up to 15 if the Lions yeah. can get in with a win. So, I don't know. If yeah, that's true. Look, I'm, I guess we should say this. Let's go Los Angeles, beat Seattle. So, Sunday night, Detroit has everything on the line, yeah. and they can hopefully give it yeah. give it to Green Bay. Um, I've seen Green Bay fans, by the way. I want to say this, and then I'll pass it back. Green Bay fans uh, on the interwebs saying things along the lines of like, oh, Vikings fans want the Lions to get in instead of us because we beat them. Howdy, how, how. We own you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like we just – like we beat you three months ago by 17 points, and then we continued to win games, and we won the division a week before Christmas. Like, like Chill chill out like big time chill out well, um and let's uh let's just be honest too just because the vikings got shellacked on new year's day doesn't mean we liked the packers any more prior to that game vikings fans don't like the packers that's just the way it is so exactly like, that game didn't change our opinion of the packers it just solidified it and and um, i think at the end of the day who would you know of the two teams the vikings obviously like it's a battle battle. The Vikings hate the Packers. The Packers hate the Vikings. We go at each other on Twitter. We say, you know, Packers writers do awful things to their dogs. And like, there's like, there's all these memes that have, that I've, I went down a rabbit hole the other night and I, I don't think I'm <laughs> mentally stable after going down it. But yeah, yeah, I would much rather see Detroit make the playoffs uh, than, than Green Bay. And it's not close. And honestly, Green Bay, you guys, like, yeah, you spanked us. Congratulations. We spanked you a few months ago you're like i don't want to play san francisco as a vikings fan and honestly as as division partners as division siblings i don't want to see green bay get dog walked by san francisco the way that they will if they have to play them on wild god weekend like yeah. I, I just oh i don't know it's gonna be a fun weekend though i think um yeah a football one just, for show one just last thing on that you know you mentioned that you know the lions will still come to play and you're you're probably right because dan campbell could get them hyped up for a you know backyard flag football game um I think in some ways, you know, you remove the pressure from a bunch of guys who have never really had pressure on them before that actually might make them play easier 
because if they know it's a win and in situation, they might get tense Yeah. in a game where they know that they're already out. They could just play free, loose and angry and just go, you know, beat the Packers. Um, one just, you know, last complaint about the NFL scheduling. It would have been pretty simple for the NFL to put Packers Lions on Saturday night in that primetime spot and put Jags Titans on Sunday night in that primetime spot and just flip them. Yep. It would have been pretty simple to do that because Jags Titans is meaningful regardless of where you play it and Packers Lions may not be meaningful, you know, if you play it on Sunday night. Anywho, enough of that. But um, maybe just bouncing over to game balls, predictions, all that. We've hardly talked about the Bears-Vikings game. Um, there's not a ton to talk about other than just hopefully it's a get-right game for this team and um, get right for the offense especially. The defense wasn't necessarily good, but they also only gave up 27 points. It's not like they gave up 40. You know, the, the two touchdowns on special teams and defense made it look worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I see the Vikings winning, especially with Nathan Peterman playing. I think uh, I'm just going to be kind of cute with my score prediction. The Vikings point differential, I believe, is negative 19 now after that blowout in Green Bay. Um, so I think they're going to win this game. Let's just go 31 to 10 and make it a nice little uh, two plus two point differential on the season and calm down the uh, the point differential haters on Twitter. I, um, I think they finally get that blowout win. Like I said, bad team, third string quarterback, especially if the starters do play like it sounds like they might. Um, I'll give my game ball to Alexander Madison. We haven't given him much love on this show. Um, the Vikings got to get the run game going. Um, it doesn't need to be the focal point. Um, it should not be the focal point in the playoffs, but it needs to be stable enough to where teams have to respect it. And I think Alex will probably get more snaps than Dalvin Cook does on Sunday. It makes no sense for Cook to play on Sunday um, with his injury history. Give him a snap to make sure that he gets to play, you know, all 17 games or whatever, but don't let him play. Like, <laughs> and hopefully this could be a game where Alexander Madison has a nice, a nice showing and gets in the end zone once or twice. So Vikings 31-10 and a uh, game ball to number two in the backfield. Yeah, um, I like Alexander Madison. It would be nice to give him a little showcase, almost a send-off of Celts. Um, because next you know, against the Giants, I'm just assuming it's going to be the Giants. But like um, the wild card weekend, you know, Dalvin Cook will be the the bell cow, so to speak. Um, yep. He's going to get a majority of the KOEs. And, and Alexander Madison is gone next season. Um, he's going to go off and, and be a superstar somewhere. But um, I'm going to go with Duke Shelley for my game ball. Um, Love it. Waiting, waiting on the interception. We're playing someone who likes to throw him. It just seems right. Uh, he's been playing at, at an insane level. He came in, you know, off the street, basically. And immediately, not immediately, but like because of injury and whatnot, had to get playing time and made a key, had a key pass break up against Buffalo. And I mean, he took Cam, Cam Dantzler's job from him. Yeah. Um, and he's been playing really well and he's, he's probably our best counter at the moment. I would, I, I that's in my opinion, he is. Um, and so I'm going to say he gets his false coil interception and let's just go ahead and put a cherry on top. I'll, I'll get bonus points for this. Pick six. 
He's going to take it back. He's going to get in the end zone. I like it. It's going to be a great moment. It's going to be a great moment. He seems like Uh, the kind of guy who would want to have a revenge game too. He was uh, picked up off the Bears practice squad. So he seems like that kind of guy who would, you know, carry that little uh, monkey on his back. Well, you can tell he's got a, yeah, I was going to say, you can tell he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. (laughs) Um, Just the way he plays football. I mean, he just play, you know, he's, he has that, uh, metaphorical dog in him uh, as the kids say nowadays but uh, I'm going with the Vikings it's funny I think you said 31 10 uh, I'm going 27 to 9 um, <laughs> I, I do not see the Bears off I don't care how bad of a defense it we could play TCU Michigan style defense and I still do not see Nathan Peterman finding the end zone um, if they do score a touchdown it is because they ran for 75 yards on a drive and Nathan Peterman just, you know, threw three balls in the stands, but they just kept running the ball in between those. So um, I'm anxious to see how everything goes. Uh, I hope everybody can stay healthy. I'm going to pass it off to you for, for final thoughts here in just a moment. Make sure you shop Unified Athletic Whale. Follow the show at LTB Vikings. Please follow my wonderful uh, Load the Box partner, Will Goodwin, at Will Bad Lose on Twitter, the GOAT. Twitter handle. Uh, check out the Bad Loser blog, and of course, as always, uh, check out VikingsTerritory.com for all of your Vikings uh, stuff. And then we'll be back on Monday night to talk about the, the the Bears game, but it'll probably be a little bit of a sneak preview for yep. a playoff game on on the following Sunday. So um, yeah, that's that's all that's all I have. Uh, oh, also, I need to stop saying this. Uh, check us out. We're we're podcast now, so. Juan podcasting. Out. Yes. That's all I have. We went super long tonight. Will, I'll pass it off to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like Jordan said, find us on, you know, Apple, Google, Spotify, all the different podcasting apps that you use um, just by searching load the box Vikings pops right up, follow, download, share all the things, um, especially because that's generally the way people listen to podcasts is, you know, on their mobile as they're moving around. So um, appreciate the listens from everyone tonight. And yeah, I just want to say too, Jordan, thanks for a great season. Um, this is kind of our last regular season episode, and it's been a blast doing this with you. And I'm grateful, you know, to have the chance to work with you and talk football twice a week. So um, final thought really is just, again, a prayer for DeMar Hamlin. And um, can't imagine what his family's going through. And um, just pray pray that you know lord that you take care of them um because there's there's a lot going on with him it'd be scary um as a parent thinking about my child being in that situation i i can't even fathom um so it's um it's a somber note to end on but i think it's important to acknowledge the the gravity of the situation and um as the football season kind of winds down and heads into the most exciting part there's going to be this sort of you know in a way, dark cloud, but also hopefully um, some sunlight behind it and some some hope coming behind it as well, hopefully as DeMar gets healthy. Um, so cheers to the to the Hamlin family, prayers to them. And that's, that's really all we have. That's all we want to end with today. And um, looking forward to talking with all of you on Monday, hopefully recapping the Vikings 13th victory and a look ahead to the wildcard playoffs. So signing off here, Will Goodwin with Jordan in Cincinnati. Skull y'all.